Are we back? Yo, welcome back. First things first. I came to fuck, not flirt. I came to live. If you don't like it, if only I had a fuck to give. <laughs> nah, but for real. That's just a little teaser. There are more tracks coming on my SoundCloud at DJ Arab Z, DJ Arab underscore Z. That's um that's a title I've had since I was a little kid, actually, in fifth grade, if I'm not mistaken. We had a field trip to a place called J.A. Biztown. I don't know if I talked about that before on the podcast, but it's basically like this big-ass facility with all these fake jobs for kids. And it's like a whole day field trip of you get getting to experience what having a job feels like, getting a paycheck, knowing how to write a check, how to ca- cash a check. You know what I mean? And you get your pay. Then everybody goes to the McDonald's that they have there. And um, you get to order and to give you sort of like a real world experience and yeah i think i mentioned it too that i was pissed that the teacher said you know i'm the dj and i was like why is it because i talk all the time and to be honest like ever since then i kind of knew that whatever i wanted to do had was similar to that the more i've gotten older and the more that i've sort of tasted certain jobs and talked to people from different career paths and different industries it's something that i've liked it's something about picking up and pressing record and talking that is almost like therapy for me like it just feels good like certain people really like taking pictures you know certain people really like being in front of the camera like they know angles and they feel very comfortable and they love just taking pictures and not necessarily in the most narcissistic narcissistic sense but think of like um paris hilton and yes sure she's famous for being famous rich granddaddy and sex tape and all that but there's, never, there's not a single bad picture of her on the internet, like, if I'm not mistaken. Like, she just knows, like, she get out of the car, get out of a club, doesn't matter what it is, she just knows how to take awesome fucking pictures. Like, she just knows how to position herself. And some people like talking in front of a camera. Some people are really good at acting. Some people are really good at being a good journalist. Some people are really good at not just doing interviews. Some people are really good at conducting the interviews, at asking the right questions, and how to listen, and how to let the interviewee respond and talk and control the conversation and for me shit it's just something about pressing record it's just damn like shit just starts coming out like i don't even plan this most of the time you know what i mean and of course i got like music playing in my headphones i got the like the over ear type headphones with the speaker i mean sorry with the mic that comes like extended and then with my shades on so it just makes me look like i'm driving a fucking helicopter or something and i like it and um so who knows so yeah check out the soundcloud check out el mundo which means the planet in Spanish. The track is in English, though. That's just the title. And new ones also are Summer, Old to the New, and El Falahin, which means Farmer in Arabic. I use free beats off of SoundCloud, but this El Mundo is the first one I made myself using GarageBand. Uh, the new update is pretty dope, and it's been fun messing with it. So check my rhymes out. I appreciate it. I'm lyrical. I got a gift for the writing more so than the talking, than the delivery. Even though, you know, hella friends and family would say I talk a lot of shit. But honestly, sometimes I don't know how. I feel so, like, introverted and anxious and sad sometimes. And yet, I guess social exposure creates an atmosphere to lighten me up. Causing hyperactivity in my brain from thinking and talking to myself all day. Results in just mad shit coming out. If you catch me with, like, a cig or a joint, shit. That's them all-night talks. Them deep talks. You know, like a sleepover at your friends or your cousin's house or at a camp or on a trip you know y'all be chilling in the dark right before bed and y'all's mats or beds you know each person looking up to a different way a different um wall or something you know what i mean y'all just chilling next thing you know like the whole convo the whole night sky is filled with shit from astrophysics to thomas jefferson i mean it's it's some of those things that i just partake in i really enjoy there's 
very few things in life that we take for granted and sometimes there's few things we don't take for granted and i don't know where you fall on that when it comes to a good conversation but for me i'm like that's why i like brazilians you know in brazil it's almost like a crime to end a conversation they will do anything and say anything and continue just to have that conversation with you and um that sort of social atmosphere is what i fuck about it it's what i fuck with with um with brazil is why it's why i always wanted to go there because it's always about the people you know what i mean it's always about sure you could live a better quality of life materially materialistically in the u.s than you are in a lot of places in the world but not too far you know what i mean we were our ass is a little too cushioned here there are certain things you can live without and be just fine like you don't necessarily need a dryer hella places in the world even here excuse me even here in the u.s people don't use a dryer and take three minute showers like that's fine so yeah now the reason i bring this up is actually shout out to who's listening from san jose the them motherfuckers been binging my shit even the episodes previous only had like a listener or two now it has like six or seven from people in san jose i appreciate y'all like five or six downloads from them on hella episodes i'm wondering is this like one house all listening to me or is it like just random folk around san jose it got me thinking I don't know. I've actually been to San Jose. I spent a whole month there at a Turkish-owned Asian MIT student-taught math camp at Santa Clara University, I think. Santa Clarita? Santa Clara. I think it's called Santa Clara in the Paul Alto San Jose area. And this math camp was dope for the most part, you know, spending my days cracking at theories and angles with hella Asian kids from Cupertino and Palo Alto. I don't say that like I hate Asians. I mean, they just flooded this shit, bro. Me and Tamor, my homies from Vegas, we went together with his older brother. And we were the only ones not Asian. I mean, at least not East Asian, if we want to be like technical. Tamor's family is from uh, Pakistan, so that's South Asia, and I'm from Southwest Asia. The only person definitely not Asian was Sean. Sean was black from New Orleans, and he's probably one of the darkest dudes I ever met in my life. He's the first dude that cracked the whole theory to me about black folk having whiter teeth. He was like, nah, ain't nothing whiter. It's just the dark skin makes the teeth look whiter. And then the more you hang out with white people, which I started to do towards my late teens, you start to realize that theory is pretty much right. Because you see hella pale people and their teeth is like, damn, why are their teeth so, you know, disgusting? And it's not. If they were just a little darker, it wouldn't look as bad. But anyway, Sean played AAU basketball and he got a scholarship to go to a summer camp and he chose that one. We were instantly homies. I saw him at the morning buffet. And grabbed Tamor to sit with him because he was by himself. So we started talking. You know, after breakfast, we went looking for a court to hoop. And the motherfucker destroyed us. You know, who who were Tamor and I kidding? He was AAU. He traveled states to compete in hoop. Furthest thing we would go was the park across the street from the school. But Sean, you know, he wasn't just a hooper. He was full of life. And he had a head on his shoulders that has taken me years to be able to screw mine on the same way his was at 14 when we met. He's the first person to get me to look at hip-hop and comedy from a different perspective. The way he talked about Kendrick, the way he related to him and broke down his songs. I mean, it took more maturity than I had to understand. The jokes and comics that I listened to, you know, and laughed out barely made him giggle. He was the first person to put me on Eddie Murphy Delirious. And, of course, after I watched Raw and, you know, him and I would rock the boat shoes and wife beaters. Uh, wife be- I don't know if y'all... Do y'all know that term? It, it uh, maybe like a tank top undershirt, if you don't know that term. Tamora and I would always double team him. 
And finally, you know, I had met someone that didn't always bitch about getting fouled. Like, or make the layup and scream, and one. Like, it was some fucking accomplishment. Like, of course, you go in to get checked, bitch. You come into the paint, and you ain't getting it up easy. <laughs> That's a Viagra joke. No, but for real, you're not laying it up easy. Like, Jordan went through hell to lay that shit up. And he said it himself. Like, these kids don't have a clue. Because the more, I feel like the more popular basketball has gotten in mainstream it got too pussified or penified if you will on the neighborhood courts and the league like what do you what do you expect when every player kids look up to bitch and moan over everything and every call but nah sean never says shit he checked up and kept checking until he got to 15 and called game and one time while hooping we saw hella girls walking by and we was like damn i didn't know there was girls here turned out because there was no girls at the fucking math camp obviously turned out it, there was a volleyball tournament same time as our camp and my window in the um, in my room, you know, it faced them as they walked by. So one time we were talking about this beefy protective case I had over my phone. And someone asked if it would survive a fall out of the window. I said it should and chucked it out. And it did. Like the case was the shit. But to get it back, we asked one of the girls walking by to toss it up back to me. When she picked it up, I was like, oh shit, she already has my phone. I was like, why don't you put your number in it? Might as well. And she tried to unlock it, but she said, it's locked. Oh well. And she just threw it back up. I mean, someone said we should just take off the code and try it again. I said, nah, no one's going to fall for that. And then my bright ass suggests that maybe if one of us hung off the window and then asked the girl to give her her number or your drop. I didn't even finish the sentence and Sean was already dangling off the window yelling, I'm a jump, I'm a jump. And yeah, that didn't work either. Tamora's older brother walked in and our, and our room at that time was connected, you know, through those barriers. I don't know if some of y'all's dorms in... Um, and college are like that too. Like a lot of rooms have that like inner hallway where the bathrooms are. So his room was the other one. And he just came through. And he saw what was going on. And he was like, that's just fucking disgraceful. That's how you do it? Pussies. And we're like, huh? We pull Sean back in. And, he, and we're like, what do you mean? He's like, you got to dangle off a Ferris wheel. One hand. And we all just stared. And then he goes, like in the notebook. Like Ryan Gosling. Uncultured swines. And then he just walked out again. We're like, the fuck? because <laughs> Arba was the type of dude to not bullshit things like that you know what i mean he was the type of dude to play off something so manly sometimes and we're like the notebook but hey i watched it and i do like it i like the story with the old people and shit and the retelling and sometimes you get kind of confused you know with which dude she actually ended up with i think it's a dope movie i know a lot of guys say that shit you know just to get with girls and shit you know the same thing like when guys say i'm a vegan guys will say anything you know what i mean but no nah, if you've seen the notebook holla at me like i like that shit it's not like an all-time favorite, but I mean, it's not bad. I know motherfuckers that I've seen Twilight. I've never seen them shits. And they'll still tell you it's good. That's bullshit. But anyway, this other time at night after dinner, Sean was hanging out my dorm again. And I tell him to quiet down for a bit. I'm about to pray. I had washed up, you know, laid my magic flying carpet, and just started my prayers. Now, 10 seconds goes by, and I just hear, yo, tomorrow, tomorrow, you see this bitch? Look at my phone. She live in my building and give me a blowjob for $5. And I was like, fuck. I had to end my prayer. I told Sean, what the fuck, bro? I'm praying. He says, still? How long that shit need to take? I was like, god damn, Christians and their bullshit prayers. Bro, this is a process. It is like a ritual, okay? I got shit to say and do. Just give me five minutes. And he still thinks this is a waste of time going, you got to do that every time? I said, yeah, five times a day. Jews do three. And, you know, I think I mentioned this before. Judaism and Islam are, I think, what they call orthopraxic religions, based off practices, based off things that you do. Well, Christianity is an orthodoxic religion, based off doctrine, based off believing in something, not necessarily carrying out something physically throughout the year and throughout your day. 
So anyway, fast forward a few months, I'm back home in Vegas, freshman year of high school, and was talking to him, because this was the summer between middle school and high school. And I was talking to him, and he was asking questions about Muhammad and Islam. And I was like, oh shit, I converted this motherfucker. I mean, he had seemingly genuine interest in learning more. So it brings me back to this conversation. I had a friend of, um, a friend of mine I met back in Scotland last August. I was volunteering at a festival camp in Edinburgh. And my homie Michael is a marketing student there. And we were working at the camp dealing with customer shit. And because I'm a native English speaker, the staff have put me in check-in almost always. And my French homies with their shit English were stuck cleaning toilets and tents. <laughs> so Michael talked a lot. And, well, I talked a lot, too. And one of the things we noted was the topic of the positive impacts we leave on people and they leave on us. No matter the duration, location, or method of communication, you never know who and when is going to leave something positive behind on you. But hopefully, the more aware we become of the potential for more positive impacts we can leave people with, the more we can create change, even if seemingly small. It, it honestly isn't. You know, like John Wooden said, the little things add up to the big things. A smile here, a hug there, a short convo somewhere else, gifts, wisdom, food, water, shit. Even if all you got is an ear to lend, sometimes that's all people need. And for me, that whole summer to this day, I'm so grateful to have met Sean over those two weeks. Unfortunately, tomorrow night, you know, I have to finish the month without him. We still did our thing, but definitely missed him. Sean is one of the three people I'd love to have dinner with. You know that question, like, who? sometimes people ask it, you know, who would you sit down with, dead or alive, for dinner? And for me, one of them is definitely Sean. I just want to know how he's doing and what he's been up to. Another person I love to sit down with is Harumi. Harumi, I don't, again, Harumi and Sean, I don't know their last names. This old-ass Japanese lady I took a Spanish class with once in Barcelona. Her and I only talked in Spanish. Turned out she didn't even know English. She'd been living 40-plus years in Queens, New York. And professor went batshit crazy trying to figure out how after this whole time, she didn't know English. I mean, she had traveled all the way here to Spain to learn Spanish and never made the initiative back home to learn English. I mean, she basically said, fuck English and fuck America. But in an old lady, you know, respectful way. She said, I'd only moved for work to make money. Ain't nobody said I got to learn English. And it's, it's fucking true. Like, that's the beauty of America. English is not the official fucking language. And, you know, her and I would sit down and talk. Um, you know, she gave me, she wrote me down her top three parks for hiking because that's something that, that was a hobby of hers. And we would talk about that in yoga. And I remember she got up and she hugged me and walked out. It was her last day of class. And I was the only one she hugged. She, and, you know, didn't even get her contact info. I didn't even know her last name, you know, or Sean's because I had his contact on a Samsung Galaxy S3 that went rogue. Could never charge it or get it charged. Even changed the battery and his number was on that phone. Lost, man. And I'd love to meet Harumi in Queens, you know, and take her to Astoria, show her the Arabs and the Greeks, grab her some falafel and hummus. You know, the other person I really would love to have dinner with is Miss Hodgson, sophomore year intensive reading teacher and junior year homeroom uh, teacher. As I mentioned, I was in Vegas freshman year of high school, but moved to Tampa sophomore year. I got to my last class in the 100 building, if I'm not mistaken, it's the 100, or as Miss Hodgson called it, the colon of the high school. I asked what this class was for, you know, I didn't pick it as an elective, nor does it seem to be part of like normal curriculum, and she said it was for the students who failed the state reading test last year. I said I wasn't here last year, I didn't take this stupid test, why the fuck I gotta be in this stupid class? She said, you gotta take that up to the front office. I went to my guidance counselor, she was cool from New York, 
And she said, yeah, you in this class? I was like, no shit, how do I get out? And she said, um, maybe with ACT scores. So I went and took it. I didn't do great, but I, I didn't even study. I just needed high enough scores that showed I didn't need to be in that class. So I went back and showed it to her after I got my results. And my counselor was like, yeah, you still got to take the class. State rules. I said, fuck the state. Fuck Florida. And yet that class and teacher turned out to be one of my best in high school. I learned so much from Miss Hodgson about classical music like Vivaldi and Mozart. She's the reason I often read or write while listening to Mozart to this day. She's the reason I started to read Tupac's poems. I mean, I learned a lot about life and literature and study techniques and note-taking from her. She was really smart, very well-cultured and very aware of the world around her. Um, she even had an MBA. I didn't feel like she deserved to be there. I mean, it sucks to say because we need good teachers on a macro, but on the micro, I was like, yo, what the fuck are you still doing here? And she said, I know. She told me she might go teach in the Emirates with her boyfriend and get married. I hope she did and found happiness you know but also a bigger check she deserved it like i wasn't my best self around her as i should have been you know it was the last class of the day i had lunch driver's ed and weight training right before you know i'd come tired sweaty and an already stunk part of the school in a class i just didn't want to be in in a school i didn't want to be in she dealt with hella kids like that and worse in a sense that a lot of her students really did poorly with the reading comprehension and didn't care for her or the class but again you know Everyone is different when it comes to grades, when it comes to education. It takes a lot of self-awareness because like Gary Vee is a successful marketing entrepreneur who got horrible fucking grades in school. It's all about what you want to deem important and exactly what are you going to benefit from. You know, but at the end of the day, I feel like these state exams are bullshit. Hella tests only teach if you know how to take a test, not if you know the material on the test. That's all your score shows. So the criteria and bar for these exams gets dropped so schools can show a lot of their students pass and retain high ranking. We are in A school. You know, that type of bullshit. We're in A school. Fuck out of here. In school zones, you know, like the poor lady, I forgot her name, that got sentenced to prison for changing zip codes so her kid can go to a better school. I forgot her name, but I felt horrible to read that. Like, that's not justice. It's bullshit to the max. And the way schools get funding based off of property taxes and value is all bullshit. And... Shout out to Miss Hodgson. She could smell bullshit a mile away.